Welcome to CEO Uncovered. Today we have Emily Lyons, a successful entrepreneur who has launched and scaled multiple businesses. Under Emily's leadership, the companies have received awards and nominations such as the Consumer's Choice Award, Top Choice Award, Women of Influence, and many other. Emily's success in ventures have been featured extensively in business-related places in Forbes, Huffington Post, Bloomberg, Entrepreneur, and Dr. Oz. And we are so excited to have her on to learn about her journey in her career and how she got to where she is today. So please welcome Emily. Hi, Emily. How Thank are you? Thank you so much. I'm great. Thanks so, for having me. Of course. So glad you're on. And I really wanted to start with your story. What sparked your interest for business and how did you get started? Uh, well, I couldn't hold down a job. <laughs> couldn't work for anybody else. Hated uh, the nine to five and had never found a passion or something that I liked doing. So that was really why I couldn't keep with anything for a long period of time. And then my sister gifted me a book and it was all about how to make a great living doing what you love. And it was about how to start a business out of anything that you that you love in life, how to create it into profitable business. And so that initially sparked the idea for me. I mean, this was 14 years ago and I'd never even thought of that, but suddenly it was something that had me excited and motivated. And that was initially how I got started. So that crazy if one book can really just change the path of where your life's going to go. I don't think I even finished it. I think I only read the first <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Well, that was good enough, apparently. Yeah. So after you read and you wanted to start a business, what was the initial idea and why was it that? Mm -hmm. So because the book was all about taking something that you love and turning it into a business, I was trying to think, well, what do I love? And at the time... The only thing that I really enjoyed was one of my part-time jobs I'd found was working as a brand ambassador. So like a promotional model, I would work at different events and it was to network with people. And I mean, this was in my early 20s and I thought it was the best thing ever. I was getting paid to go to events and have fun. And so I was like, I'm going to start an agency that provides this service and provides these type of brand ambassadors. And... So I went to one of the people that I was working for and I told him my idea and he's like, don't do it. <laughs> it <doesn't> work. <laughs> but obviously I did it anyways. And thank, thank goodness that I did. I still own that business. We've got over 15,000 active staff across North America. So it started small. It started very local. Um, just like nightclubs, go-go dancers, beer staff, things like that. And then as I grew and I saw the opportunities and other ways to make an impact and ways to scale, the business changed, the business model changed, it evolved and, and so on and so forth. At what age did, did you start that business? This was 14 years ago and I'm 37 now. So what would that be? 22, 23. 23, 23, yeah. A lot of people don't have the courage or or even know the steps in doing so what if you can remember what was like the first step that you said to yourself this is what I have to do first uh so I remember writing down what I wanted and it's so funny to think back because I wrote down if I can make thirty thousand dollars a year for myself I can afford my one bedroom basement apartment and I'll be happy <laughs> that's yeah. all I wanted uh I went and I bought business small business for dummies 
<laughs> I don't think I ever read it though. And then I just started Googling things. So I was Googling everything because I didn't know anything. And I didn't have any connections and I had very limited resources. I think I had $80 or something to my name at the time. So I had to figure out how to start a business and then how to get that business off the ground with limited resources. So mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time at the public library because I didn't have a laptop. Just researching, Googling, Googling free email marketing blasts, you know, things like that. I mean, that's the way to do it. Mm -hmm. Did you have a mentor, someone that you would look to for advice when you were starting? I didn't know. um, I didn't know anybody in the business space, right? Mm -hmm. I grew up in a small town, Stratford, Ontario, Beavertown, and wasn't exposed to entrepreneurs. And had because I was so young, I hadn't networked in those groups, right? I think the places that I went to is mainly places the 23-year-olds go, nightclubs. <laughs> no, I didn't have any mentors. Uh, I've, I've had the privilege of meeting some incredible people now many years later, but no, I didn't have anybody. But, you know, that's the thing. It, we can find anything online. There's access to so much and, you know, great communities like the one that you have. We can mm-hmm. join. We can get incredible information that we can use to get to where we want to go. That's what I always thought about when starting. Where is a place that these students can go to not only to ask for something, but to ask a question or or just get feedback? It was something I didn't have. And I think my gears would have started turning a little more if I could bounce off ideas with someone because that's just who I am. And I love to bounce off. But you definitely found a way. And if it was in the library, there's just so many avenues now that you can go-to to get that advice and, and those resources. Mm-hmm. So you said that you still have the, the business now, but in 2014, you launched True Glue. So how was that transition and what made you want to launch that company? Yeah, I launched two companies that year. Uh, I mm-hmm. launched True Glue Beauty. And so that kind of came out of a one of our staff had an allergic reaction to a makeup artist putting something, uh, lashes on their eyes. And so I wanted to find a natural lash glue, couldn't find one saw that they contained formaldehyde, wanted to have one for our team and then for myself because I was like, I don't want to put formaldehyde in my eye every time I want to wear fake lashes. <laughs> so developed a natural one. And then I thought, if I want this, I'm sure there's a market for it. And so launched True Glue and that was the beginning of that. And then we brought on other products in the clean beauty space. And it was very much a passion project, very much like everything that I do that uh, has succeeded. And then I also launched Lions Elite Matchmaking, which is a luxury matchmaking agency. So I'm so fascinated in this matchmaking industry. How does it work? I mean, obviously, <laughs> I, I, I am 24 and I'm still looking for my match. But how, so how does it work? Yeah. So it's essentially a headhunter for the heart is how I like to explain it to people. People are busy. We don't meet people like we used to. We used to go to the bar and you'd meet somebody there, but we don't meet people that way anymore. Now it's all dating apps and people are frustrated with dating apps. There's this swipe fatigue and people caught up with what's better, what's next, instead of focusing on genuine connection. And matchmakers have been around for ages. And so really we take the old classic approach and we make it modern. So we fuse them all together. And what we do is when we have a client that's usually a really busy professional. So we work with a lot of CEOs. They'll come to us, they'll say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. You know, I'm I'm in my 30s. I've spent the last 10 years building a business and now I want to settle down. Uh, I know what I want, don't know where to find it. And so they outsource it to a professional. Yeah. Just like busy people do with a lot of the things in their life. And so we find them 
hopefully what they're looking for. So we have people in our database that aren't a client, but they're great people. And if they're a potential fit for a client, we reach out to them. And then we're also looking in all different avenues. So we send over profiles based on what they've told us that they're looking for and what we've kind of picked up on. Uh, we also have a neat algorithm that we use within our system in the back end. And then we make introductions. So it's really incredible because like you introduce people sometimes to their future husband or wife. And, you know, mm -hmm. like earlier this year, one of my clients had, they had a, a baby and it's just like that. They both sent me the sweetest letter about how it changed their life. And so, I mean, it's a whole other level of gratitude. So everyone says opposites attract, but in your business, are you trying to match them based off their similarities or how does it work? It's funny. Everybody's different, but a lot of the time people say they're looking for something and it's not what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it's getting to to know people and understand that and pushing them to get outside of their comfort zone. Because mm -hmm. a lot of the time we put this list down and we think it's like build a human. You know, we say, like, I want a uh, boyfriend or a girlfriend that checks all these boxes. They've got to be six feet and this and that. And so I, the first thing I do is say, say, why? Why do they have to be six feet? Mm-hmm. Why does your future partner that you're going to be your life partner, why do they need to be a certain height? And we, we kind of push back and we figure out what really is important to them. Because when you think about it back in, well, you're, you're young, but back in when I was, you know, 19, 20, we would go out and we would meet somebody at like an event of some sort. And it was just about the chemistry and how you hit it off. You weren't sizing them up based on their height or their education or those things. It was just how you connected. And so bringing it back to that, having the non-negotiables, of course, and doing the groundwork to make sure that they are who they say they are. They're serious. They're not going to ghost you and all those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was watching this show that's on Netflix. It's called Love is Blind. I don't know if you've ever I heard about it. I just started watching that last night. Oh my, it's so good. Um, <laughs> and they said something that made me think and resonated with me. And they said... I, they think the problem with dating today is that there's so many options that and if there's so many options, why would everyone moves on to the next best? They think, oh, okay, this could be better. No, this could be better. And you're not content in what you have. And, and sometimes you miss out because you think there's better. So in your business, I, I like the fact that you're really, you're not seeing, maybe you, initially you're seeing a list or whatever, but you guys are really being like, no, this person could mm -hmm. be good. And I love that sort of like personable aspect of it because on the apps, I don't know who I'm talking. Anyone could say they're six feet. How do you even know if they are? You know what I mean? You're going to show can up. Say they're anything. And, and that's the thing too. How many people are you matching with every day? And it's just throwing a whole bunch of things at the wall and hoping that maybe one will stick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You've been in so many different industries, a lot of people, and which is amazing. Yeah. And I know a lot of young people are here that you got to stick to your lane. You got, you got to pick one. How has being in so many different industries helped you today? It's funny. I heard that a lot. Stick to what you know. Yeah. <laughs> stick to what you know. Yeah. Stay in your lane. <laughs> but as a entrepreneur, we get these passions and we just have to to follow them. We have to see them through. And I have found that it really served me well. <laughs> I know that when I wanted to start the other businesses, anybody that I'd spoken to said, no, stick with your first one. It's doing so well. It's really successful. And just focus on growing that and running that. But you know what? When COVID hit, being that we are live marketing activations across North America, everything came to a halt. And so I don't know what would have happened if we didn't have other companies that we could pivot to. 
it's also, yeah, it gives you exposure to so many different things. And a lot of the fundamentals with business transfers to other industries. So once you know certain things, you can apply them over here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that following your heart is the best thing. And not everything works out. I've started things that have flopped. Yeah. And hey, that's okay. How many active companies are you working in today? So our main ones, we have our four. So we have Lions Elite Matchmaking. We've got Femfatal Media. We've got True Blue Beauty. And then I've got the Lion's Den, which is my membership platform. So day to day, would you say you have hands in all four? That's a little bit tricky dividing up my time. So today I had a staff meeting with my team from Lions Elite. Prior to that, I had a call with somebody off of our team, our VP for Femfatal Media. So yes, it's very much divided between the two as best as I can, which can get tricky, uh, which is why you really got to get a good team as you scale. Yeah, 100%. And what do you look for when hiring? Is there a certain quality or is... I look at their personality. That is what I look for above all, because you know what I've learned over the years in hiring a lot of different people? You can train somebody on anything. As long as they've got a good personality, they're willing to do the work, they're willing to learn, and they're willing to take constructive feedback and work with you to get better, and they're a good team player they'll be incredible. You know, I've got an assistant and she is an absolute rock star. She's been with me for a couple of years now, but she's willing to get her hands in whatever. Like if I say, would you be able to do this? I don't know how to do it, but I'll learn. Mm -hmm. No, she's a go-getter. And so those type of people are incredible. And the ones that you want to keep on your team and promote and and teach to get better and, and see them succeed themselves. But the worst thing is when you get somebody on your team, and I found this with really overly educated people is they'll come on and they think that they're too good for certain things. Like that's not in my job description. That's not what I do. I'm done at 5 p.m. sharp, right? And of course, we all want to respect each other's hours, but we also want to be dedicated. And so I really focus on personality above all else. I rarely even look at their post-secondary education. What type of leadership style do you try to exude in the workplace as when you're leading your team? Uh, I try to lead by example. So uh, there's nothing I would ask my team to do that I wouldn't do myself or probably haven't done myself. And I want to lead with compassion and understanding because we all are human at the end of the day. And business and personal, as much as we want to keep them separate, quite often they bleed into one another. And so being understanding of that and that people have bad days and being able to help them as much as they can with that, Mm -hmm. I think is really important for any leader to do. During COVID, it was such a impactful time. Mm -hmm. How did that impact your businesses? And now are you at home more or are you in the office? And what advantages did you see in both? So the really neat thing about COVID was that I was able to take a step back because everything kind of paused yeah, and kind of reevaluate what were we doing and look at things creatively and look for opportunities and look for things that we could be doing differently moving forward. Uh, for Femme Fatale, with all of our marketing activations across North America, with everything coming to a halt, we were able to kind of move all of our resources to True Blue and to Lions Elite and to the Lions Den because those were all booming because they were all online based. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially Lions Elite, people could no longer go out to meet people, so they were all turning to matchmakers. Mm-hmm. So that was great that I had diversified, like I said, and and able to do that. And then we realized that people don't like going to the office. <laughs> people like working from home and I realize 
I don't like going to the office. I'd rather have it one team meeting a week that's really constructive, really planned out, get it done, get it motivated, and then everybody get to work in an environment where you're comfortable, not mm-hmm. wasting time getting there and getting back. Because a lot of the time you're in the office isn't even productive anyways. So we ended up getting rid of our office, our head office, and our entire team is remote now. A lot of, I mean, my roommates, they also, their companies have switched. And what we've seen is the productivity levels have gone up. And I know a lot of people thought they would have gone down, but the office could be as distracting. I don't think a lot of people realize. Totally is. It totally is. You're in the chit-chatting and all that. And we've seen productivity go way up. And people are just happier. And it's easier to retain great talent because it's, it's something that you can offer in addition that, other companies don't. And so yeah. it gives you that added edge. If you can offer it, great. Are all your companies based um, in Canada? So we operate in the States as well, but mm-hmm. all of our team members, except one, are based in Canada. You got it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to switch over a little and ask you about social media. Social media is such a big topic and it's really scaled in the last I mean, 10, 15 years, how has social media helped your businesses? Social media has been a massive tool and it was something that I used as a big differentiator early on. So when I launched the agency at that time, social media was still pretty new. Like Facebook was new. I don't even think Instagram was out yet. And so at first I built a fan page for the company on Facebook. And what I would do is that when I would reach out to try to get agencies or venues or whatever to work with us, I would use that as a differentiator. So, hey, we've Mm -hmm. also got, at the time, I think it was 10,000 followers on Facebook. We'll promote your event. We'll promote your product, your service. In addition to actually staffing it, we're going to promote it and give you that added reach complimentary. Uh, And so it was a great way that I found clients, that I differentiated ourselves, that I found great talent, and that I built a brand for us. And then I was able to leverage that, build a personal brand for myself. And then through that, I've been able to use that to build the different companies and kind of tie them all in together. But social media is a massive tool. And for the most part, it's free. Yeah, true. I was going to ask you about that. Do you have any advice for young entrepreneurs on creating a personal and brand identity? Absolutely should be doing it because if you're showing up on online in any capacity, you already are building one. So you might as well be building one that is true to your brand and true to you, not to your brand, but true to you, who you are. And that's going to serve you in a positive way in the future. So if you have a company, let's say, and a personal page, do you, in your opinion, should be posting kind of more conservative or posting about your company? Or can you have like your own freedom on your page as an entrepreneur? Uh, You can have your own freedom. I know a lot of people do the 411 strategy where it's, you know, four personal posts and then one business post with a soft sell and then the last one, a a business post with a hard sell uh, to kind of switch it up. My personal brand, I tie it in organically. I try to just kind of keep things with content that I find valuable for my audience. So things that people want to share with their audience. And so I always ask myself, what is my content doing for my audience and my potential audience? And then I tie in the businesses where it's appropriate. And then I will do certain call to actions when it's appropriate, but I don't have a set strategy for my own social media. You recently posted on LinkedIn to those out there that feel like they're a failure, even though you feel like no one believes in you, that you are capable. Just keep going. If you aren't books, there are so many other ways. The world is often made to feel like we are enough, but we aren't smart enough or pretty enough. 
but you are. Work hard, follow whatever light you are inside. Be humble, kind, and successful come your way. I promise you that. What inspired you to write that post? Just my own journey of not feeling enough. You know, we all, the world is set up in a way that make us all feel that way. It seems like we all have to get down on ourselves and don't feel like we're capable of things. And social media makes it look like this shiny highlight reel that people are all doing so much better than us. And I could never achieve that. But it's not a lack of information or education that holds people back. It's a lack of action. It's just taking the action and then figuring out the rest along the way. Mm -hmm. But it's not that anybody's better than you. It's just they've done the work. They've gotten started and they've kept going. Yeah, no, I've, I've felt that a lot of times, the imposter syndrome of I'm not good enough. Who am I to be doing this? Yeah. Pushing through and realizing that, hey, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. I've definitely have gone through that whole cycle before. And it's, you were in my position to be this age and starting something, you get a lot of eyebrow raises and, Mm -hmm. and those eyebrow raises are more than just an eyebrow raise to you. Mm -hmm. And you, you need to look back and reflect on yourself and say, I mean, I know I say, raise them all you want. I I could raise mine back, you know? So it's just that confidence in knowing who you are and what you do that will really propel you. And that kind of leads to my next question. Has there been a tool or skill that you could say has contributed to your success? I would say being gritty, being resilient. So being willing to fail and keep going Mm -hmm. is probably the biggest key to success that I've, I've ever seen. There's a great book called Grit by Angela Duckworth. And they conducted a massive study where they looked at the world's most successful people all across the board. And they found that the biggest predictor to success wasn't education or money or where the person was born, but having the ability to fail and keep going. So having that grit, that resilience where it doesn't matter what happens, I'm going to figure out a way to make it work. And so being stubborn as heck has been what has really served me well. I, everyone who's listening, I would definitely take up reading that book because Emily knows something about books. You, you know, <laughs> she's every book she reads leads to something great. So I definitely would pick that up. Last question I have for you, and I always ask this, if you could give a piece of advice to a teenager college version of yourself, what would you tell her today? Oh my gosh, I, I think about this often because I would love to go and talk to her and tell her that it's okay because the teenage years are so hard. They're so hard and it feels like everything that you're going through at that time is never going to end, that this is what life is, but there's so much after that. You're just not even scratching the surface. So I would say to hold on, be positive. And, and I would tell her to stop smoking and partying so much. Yeah. <laughs> Then you're telling doing beneficial things. (laughs) You know, I think that led to where you are. So I don't know if you should change anything. (laughs) That's true. That's true. That's a good way to look at it. You've been awesome to have on and learning about your story and all the different avenues you've been in, I feel like are going to inspire our entrepreneurs to know that they can do anything and you guys really can. So thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. 